Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week's going to be super fun because I get to talk to a fellow marketing person. Um, My guest this week is Marta Spurk, and she is an empowerment coach and marketing strategist podcast host and a mom. So of triplets, by the way. Um, So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm super excited. I know. Me too. Um, This is going to be so much fun. And I'm so glad. I know, like we said before we hopped on, we've had a little bit of back and forth. So I'm glad we were finally able to just like nail it down. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yay. And you're going to open your bottle, right? Yes. Mine's already open. I I never wait for the show. (laughs) I need to make sure I don't break anything here. (laughs) I know I some of the corks that come out are like almost lethal. <laughs> a little messy, but we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully not too bad. <laughs> which not one did bad. you get? I don't remember which one I sent. I got the Gruet. I don't know if that's the correct spelling. Yeah, I think you're that's I'm pretty sure that's like the T silent. So yes, French. I love it. Awesome. Let me just grab here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, and I, I was reading on your website too. You were a translator, right? For a while, but yes. yeah, before we dive so into everything my, else, <laughs> my official career um, started in languages. Actually, I am, I'm from Brazil originally and um, obsessed with the American culture, with the English language. I started teaching English when I was 14. And by the time I was 18, I was officially um, an interpreter, even though I wasn't, you know, certified or anything. I, I started interpreting for church meetings and conferences. My mom is a pastor. Oh. And so it's been um, over 20 years now of, of doing that kind of work. And I still work for the courts here in Colorado as well. But after having the kids is when the coaching began. Yeah. Yeah. How is it having triplets? <laughs> I only oh have two goodness. and they're three years apart. So I can't even imagine having three. Oh. At this- <laughs> I always like to say the short answer is it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So diving kind of more into that, like what kind of led you into, you know, empowerment and marketing strategists and and all of that stuff that you're doing now? Yeah. So it, it feels like it's been such a long winding road because it's been a road of me growing personally and understanding what makes me unique, what I can share with the world, what my gifts are. Um, everything really started with network marketing. That's how I really began in the coaching space. I didn't really know what it was. It was just, you know, make money from your phone type thing right. as you're raising, as you're raising kids at home. And my babies were nine months old and that's when I got started and I found the world of personal development. And I was like, I really, really love this. And I remember many of the awards that they would, uh, or the rewards that they would give when you would reach certain milestones were personal development oriented, like a book or a training with a famous, uh, keynote speaker. 
And I thought to myself, this is what I want to do. I want to be that person that gets hired by the companies to come and set the fire and get everyone pumped up to keep going. But obviously I had no idea what that would entail or how I would get there. I remember having conversations with my husband and he'd be like, yeah, but that's going to take you years. (laughs) And, and, you know, he's super pragmatic analytical. He's an electrician. So in his head, it was like, just stick with what, you know, keep interpreting, keep translating. But um, my heart had other plans. <laughs> and so I then decided to branch off and do my own coaching. That's when I started my podcast. And I wanted to help women with mindset, self-esteem, really finding their worth, because that's where I was at after having mm-hmm. triplets. I mean, you can imagine it turned my, it turned my world upside down. Yeah. And in many ways, I think it did that more intensely because I'm such a competitive person. I am such an extrovert. I love being busy and doing so many things. And then it was almost like, and now I can say this freely. I, I, it was hard getting to the point where I admitted this, especially publicly, because I know many people resented me for the fact, you know, thinking that I was ungrateful for having triplets essentially, but nobody knows my reality except Mm -hmm. myself. I decided that totally (laughs) decided to accept that and say that it felt like they stole my thunder in a way, you know, all the the hopes and dreams that I had, when you think you have one kid, you could still pursue some stuff after a year or so. And for me, I was hit with this reality of this is your life now for the next several years, because Mm -hmm. you're going to be so, so overwhelmed and busy. But then I decided that that was not true if I didn't want it. Uh, to be that way, you know, that I could um, nurture myself and nurture them as well. And so I started mainly talking about personal development and self-love and empowerment. And eventually it turned into helping women entrepreneurs specifically with this side of their business, understanding that if they don't believe their worth, no one's going to believe it to hire them. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, I was just barely a step ahead, still trying to believe that myself, but also encouraging women. It was, it's always been like this. I'm, I'm talking about things that I need to hear myself. And it adds to the accountability. If I'm saying it out loud, if I'm sharing it with other people. And as I started getting such great feedback on that, I kept on going. And it was in 2020 that the marketing piece really began because people were really surprised that amidst the pandemic, with my kids not going to school that I still kept going that mm-hmm. I I actually continued even more determined because I was able to get more focused with having last time you know mm-hmm. and that's when I started sharing a little bit more about how I organized my time to create content to keep showing up and people started saying oh so you help with marketing and I was like oh I guess that's what I'm doing and it took <laughs> a while to actually admit that that's what it was because you have all those preconceptions of I never went to school for this what do I know, you know? And, but then putting it all together, my background in in languages, I've been helping people with texts for forever and making, you know, logic sequences out of thoughts um, that it became clear that I was helping people with content creation, that I was helping people showing up consistently through their content, especially on social media to warm up their audience, to want to invest. And That's why now I call myself empowerment coach because empowerment is a very important part of what I do and also marketing strategist. But at the end of the day, what I do is really teach empowerment marketing is what I call it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love how like transparent you are about, you know, like being not a ton ahead because I think, you know, sometimes we get in our own heads and like I need to have 20 years experience, you know, before I can blah, blah, blah. 
but we really don't. We don't really have to be that much further. All we could we can just help the person that's just a little bit behind us. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's really the beginning of empowerment in any way in helping somebody transform as business owners, because regardless of what it is that you're selling, you are helping with some kind of transformation mm-hmm. is understanding that you know something. You know something that's worth somebody else's investment, a shortcut, an experience, that one word that they're missing to get ahead that would take them years. And it probably took you years, but you can save them some time. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I love too. Yeah. I mean, I I think, um, you know, a lot of times when we're, you know, business talk is a let a lot of like personal development mindset work that stuff is kind of left out of the equation and i think it is such a huge important part of it because when you do start focusing on it and growing in that way simultaneously like your business grows as well exactly and it's really um i believe your business is an extension of who you are and yeah. it, it can only go as far as you're willing to go Uh, in terms of your vulnerability, in terms of your humility, in terms of your visibility. And it's as an organic and alive being as it is you, because it is you, Yeah. (laughs) especially as solopreneurs, you know, so investing in your personal growth and in your self-belief is really the first thing that will generate growth. Yeah, totally. So once they start getting that going, like, what do you, like, what are some like mistakes you see that like, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs are making like, as far as like content or being visible, you know, like what are some of the big things that you see? I think one of the main ones is the dangerous assumption that people already know what you do, that people Mm. already know what you're offering. And so you don't talk about it as much. And especially now, and as the years go by, um, information overload, we're all going through it. And so you have to remember that people don't see things all of the time. And even if they do, they don't remember because, squirrel, right? Next Mm. thing they're, you know, distracted with something else because we all are. And we feel that we're being inconvenient. We feel that we're being repetitive. We feel that we're being too much. And in reality, it's the very repetition that's going to help someone see you for one, if they (laughs) haven't, and then decide if it's something that is for them or not. So I think this assumption of I'm doing too much, or I'm going to be overkill it's one of the biggest mistakes because people don't see it. People literally don't see it. And even if they do, they don't remember because they are busy with their lives. Mm -hmm. So remembering this uh, will help you not feel afraid and just keep sharing because it takes time. And that's one of the things that I have been talking a lot about lately is the whole process of quote unquote, warming up your audience. Mm -hmm. It's literally this, they need to see it a certain amount of times and they need to understand the contrast so that's another mistake because there is no, not as much repetition, usually because we're afraid of being overkill. Um, there is not a very good stress in terms of the contrast of where they are right now and where they could be with your help, regardless mm-hmm. if it's a product, regardless if it is a service. So if you can't clearly demonstrate that and clearly transfer, uh, convey that contrast, they won't know if they need it. That's when you get the messages, which I got for so long. You're amazing. I love your content, but they never actually buy from you. And it's like, 
hold on a second. I thought you said this was great. So put your money where your mouth is. And it's like, it's your fault. And then you start pointing fingers, right? It's the audience's fault. It's the algorithm's fault. It's my husband's fault because he's not supportive or whatever it is. We come up with these ideas slash excuses and really is you didn't really convey it clearly. And in my experience, your content should be doing the job of converting the people. Yeah. Messaging helps. Yeah. Ads could help. But at the end of the day, if your message, if your content is not clear, it's not going to convert into sales. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's 100% true. Cause yeah, people, we don't, you know, they, they have to know that transformation, you know, like it's almost more emotionally than logically, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, what like what kind of content do you work with people on? Like what is like I would say like the number one converting one, but I think that would be different across industries. But right, um, yeah, because so I, I think you know a lot of our listeners, business owners, entrepreneurs, and people hear the word content. They're like, I know I should be creating content, but I don't right. know that everybody really knows exactly what that means what and that how to. Means. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, content is essentially anything that you put out there that talks about what you do and your offers, right? So it could be your website, it could be blog articles, it could be your uh, social media posts, it could be email marketing. So the emails you're sending to your list, it could be even you going in a networking meeting, that's your content, because whatever comes out of your mouth is content that should be talking about the benefits of your offer and why people should buy it. And at the end of the day, by far the content that works the best is empowering content, which is Mm -hmm. why I I say that I help people with empowerment marketing because, and this is not something that I just came up with. It's, it's really, it's been studied and it's been talked about for decades by several uh, super experienced people. But when you think, for example, building a story brand with um, Donald Miller, Mm -hmm. he talks about you making sure your brand and your business is um, the guide and not the hero. And this is really one of the other biggest mistakes that people make um, in terms of their content is, and that's when you get the comments, you're amazing. And then people never buy because you portray yourself as this, as this savior, this amazing, you know, hero and this muse and this goddess. And nobody wants to work with somebody that seems unattainable. Mm -hmm. They want to know that you're real. They want to know that you're have faults and you still made it through. Right. And So the biggest mistake in this sense, or the biggest struggle that people have is making, um, is making themselves the hero instead of making sure that the audience feels empowered. Cause oftentimes we may think, well, we need to make them feel bad. There are several school of thoughts that schools of thoughts that, um, talk about stirring the pain, making, yes, I hate that. Yeah. It's like, start with the negative. And I'm like, no, (laughs) and this is a perfect recipe for you to get nightmare clients, Mm -hmm. those people that, you know, it's never enough. They never get ahead. And when you're empowering them before they even become clients, they are these driven people. They already know they have what it takes. And you're there literally just to hold their hand in a good way, um, to guide them through your process, through your products, through your through your work, you know? So it's making sure that they start the process already believing in themselves. It's all about that self-belief, knowing that they have what it takes to improve their situation, but they can get there faster with a guide's help, right? So I would say when you're creating this content, whether it be in your website, whether it be in your social media posts, all the other things that I listed is take a look at it and make sure you're not the center of 
attention. They are the center of attention. It's the classic what's in it for me, right? Mm -hmm. What's in it for them going through your content and seeing, am I glorifying myself or am I putting them uh, in the spotlight and saying, you can do this. You're amazing. I know how you feel, but there's a better way, right? So again, creating that contrast, but at the end of the day, empowering them to know that they have what it takes. They're not broken. So there's a lot of permission that goes into that as well. It's a very important step of the empowerment process is to say, you're not an alien. You're not a freak. <laughs> there are several people out there that feel the way you do. In fact, I did until I started doing X, Y, and Z. And this is exactly what I can help you with. And then you go into, you know, what exactly you can help them achieve through your specific framework. And it just works because it's empowering. It's not disempowering like what we talked about before. Right. Oh, I love that. Do you start with any like mindset stuff before you like dive in with your clients? Just because like, I know even personally for me having to kind of dig in and figure like unearth some of those kind of, you know, um, doubts or, you know, again, just being sure my foundation was in place before yeah. I was able to sell, you know, not necessarily sell, but show yeah. up in a way that I should. Um, yeah. Do you work with your clients on that at all? Yes. So one of my favorite tools to get started with that, you know, whole personal growth, self-improvement um, space is the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I haven't taken it, but I mean, I see it all over the place. I need to. I know I need to. You do. It's so good. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's one of many ways of getting to know yourself. I love human design. Mm-hmm. If you, you want to think about, you know, sun signs, moon signs, all that stuff. It's super helpful. You, Myers-Briggs. I think all of them complement each other because they bring in a different aspect of who you are. And we're such multidimensional be- beings. You could be yeah. uncovering things about yourself until you're, until you're gone. Right. right? But <laughs> I love the Enneagram um, because it, it really helps you see the dichotomy of all of us. Like there are strengths and there are weaknesses. And most often than not, your strengths are your weaknesses because you're unaware of them. So you're mm-hmm. not leveraging them. And once you start understanding this, it opens up this huge Pandora box of the ways you're stopping yourself because you're expecting certain things from people, you're resenting people. So that's one of the things that I really work on my clients with is paying close attention to their feelings when they're creating offers, when they're creating content, when they are launching, because this energy management is so important because Mm -hmm. it's literally what makes you, you know, soar or makes you makes a launch flop or mm-hmm. your offers flop is because that lack of self-belief because you're, you're expecting somebody to sign up and then they don't, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. That person said that they would, and then they didn't. And it's not a matter of looking at people as numbers, but it's understanding again, that what you have is valuable and people will see it once you see it as well. So yeah, the Enneagram has been an amazing tool to understand because Everyone has a different lens and sees things in different ways. So it allows you to catch yourself in those moments and be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. Right. And then mm-hmm. choose a different path and also start understanding people around you. I honestly believe the Instagram has been a great tool to improve my marriage, to improve my relationship with clients, with friends, because I start separating my identity from theirs. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is how you feel. You're entitled to that. This is how I feel. And we're different. Yeah, that is okay. There is no right and wrong. I think that's a very important part of building a business is understanding that there is no right and wrong. There is alignment with who you are as a person and your goals. Most people don't even know what that means. So that's why they feel stressed out and like they're never going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And there, and then there is uh, this alignment. So it's not 
feeling aligned with what you're doing um, and just copying what somebody else said. It's, it's, it's good and it works and it's successful and um, self-trust. It really boils down to that because we're constantly, you know, hiring people. And I think that's, that was a great point for me was understanding that I needed help. Mm -hmm. So it was a moment of humility that was hard for me because, you know, straight A student, there's nothing I can do in the world. I am a triplet mom. And then it was almost like I beat myself up that I needed to build a business overnight and be super successful because why is this so hard? (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized, oh, there's a lot of crap that I need to uncover about myself. And that's how I'm stopping myself. It's no one else's fault per se. And then I was like, all right, let me hire people. And then you go to the other side of the spectrum, expecting a program to change everything around, expecting yeah. a mentor to change everything around and be the big break, right? Where's my big break? Oh, I'm going to do this interview. And then all the clients are coming in. Oh, I'm going to run these ads. And then everything's going to explode. And then when you decide that the big break is now, right? It's all the of it. attitude is here and now, and you're not chasing that moving target anymore, because it is here and now your happiness is right now. Um, that's when things start happening. And it's just, it sounds so not tangible, inconcrete, <laughs> abstract. And that's why people are like, just give me steps. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But it's really a combination of both. This is what yeah. I come to find out. You need structure and you need flow. And when you are, you know, going too heavy on either of the sides, it just doesn't work. Yes. Oh, I love that. I, I, 100% agree. Um, have you ever heard of Bob Proctor? Yes. I, I, oh, God. Yeah. I've been doing his science of getting rich and, oh, my God, his paradigms, you know, and it, uh, yeah, like there are habits that we all carry around and thought patterns that we have that aren't even really necessarily ours. You know what exactly. I mean? The, Conditioning for sure. Yes. Yeah. And I love too what you were saying about like, it's not good or bad, you know, like that law of perception. Like, it's fine. We just, we put the label on it and, you know, yeah. we're, yeah. That has been like life-changing. It's been amazing. Yes. We're so hard on ourselves. It really yes. boils down to that. We, and that's something else that I've learned. There is no such thing as judgment or rejection. There's only self-judgment and self-rejection. And you may think, no, this person's literally rejecting me. They vocalized it. It's true. Um, yes, that may be, but your reception of it, it's mm-hmm. still your choice. Yes, totally. Yeah. His, yeah. Like I've been, I'm learning to go like not react from the outside in, but inside out, you exactly. know, which is totally it's like a difference. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I just noticed I haven't even asked you any of the questions that I sent over. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Cause I like, I just love the way this has been going, but yeah, I, I would, I am interested in like, cause you know, you are great busy mom, wife, mm-hmm. business owner. Like, so how, like, do you have any tips on how you balance work in life? Yeah. So that's tricky. Cause I feel like I'm always improving and mm-hmm. finding my way. And as a very competitive, determined person, I have workaholic tendencies. And I think as <laughs> entrepreneurs in general, we do, cause we love so much. Yeah, it's, like, it's fun. You know? It's fun. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Uh, because if it's not, then go get a job. That's, right. that's the whole point of owning your own business is that it's hard, but it's, it's what you love. So you could be doing it forever, but understanding for me that resting is an activity that has been my biggest thing is, you know, unplugging is an intentional choice. And it's an important part. I mean, when you think about working out, right. Resting is just as important as lifting the weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's how you recover um, and how you can go back to it and, you know, sleep. I mean, with me, one of the biggest things that really started all of this, to be honest with you, and understanding like my power and my 
personal responsibility was that I sleep trained my triplets when they mm. were seven months old. Um, and that's something that I totally advocate for. And I shot it from the rooftops because it was literally my salvation, having them sleep through the night, take yeah. regular naps. And I see so many moms of singletons um, that don't go that route because they feel bad, like they're doing something evil to their children. And at the end of the day, it's the best gift that you can give them and yourself, right? especially if you are an entrepreneur as well. And it was then that I realized that it was up to me to teach them this. They don't know. They Mm -hmm. literally just came into the world. They don't know what's best for them. They don't know when to sleep. I have to teach them when the time is right. And that's when then I realized, you know, my, my emotions are my choice. My thoughts are my choice. I'm in the power seat. I get to do this. It's not just, you know, things are happening to me. The infamous mm. things are happening for me, <laughs> you know, because it's it's really all my choice. So in understanding that the business you have today, you created it. And we usually, again, want to point fingers and say, mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm not advancing because this mentor didn't tell me what I needed to do. Or like I said, my husband is not supportive or whatever it is that we may create. Right. And at the end of the day, understanding that you're creating it, it's as challenging as it is relieving because, well, if I'm doing it, then I can make intentional choices and make it better every single time and make it simple. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, tip in terms of time management is that we have the tendency of thinking that if we're busy, we're being productive. And that's not always true. Mm-hmm. And again, I speak from experience. I love being busy. I love back to back. I love the rush of going from one thing to the next and not even having time to breathe. But I know that's not healthy for me, <laughs> you know? And so understanding um, that I need to fit in those breaks, that I need to be intentional, that I need to set those boundaries, that I have to listen to myself against that self trust. When yes is what they say, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. especially for people that like me, I want to be everywhere. I want to take every opportunity or just like I said, maybe this is my next break, right? I lived like that for so long. Like I can't miss this opportunity, like the FOMO. I can't miss this opportunity (laughs) because what if I'm not there? And then I'm going to meet this person that's going to almost like I'm going to sign a record deal, you know, right? that kind of stuff or that that scout's going to be there and it's going to, you know, change my entire life's course. And it's just such a scarcity mindset, you know? Avoiding rest. It's a scarcity mindset. It's you thinking I can't take a break because something amazing is going to happen and I'm going to miss it. And that's Mm -hmm. just not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's really understanding that belief that like, you know, what is meant for me and what's coming my way is what is meant to be. You know what I mean? It's this or something better. Like, yeah, it's so easy to look the other way. And I think, you know, we're really kind of conditioned to look that way. But once you start to turn that around, like everything starts to turn around. And I love that you mentioned too, like to not overcomplicate things, you know, like it doesn't have, like, I think we overanalyze so much, even like myself, an example, I was creating um, a spreadsheet for a new client and all the different marketing activities. I'm like, am I really going to do this on Google drive? And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, this is the simplest way to put it down on paper that everybody sees it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be some nice, fancy, you know, tool project management tool, which this will go into a project management tool, but to even get started, like just go, you know? Yes, totally. Just the other day, I caught myself wanting to do something so much harder than it had to be. (laughs) And it's like, I literally told myself, stop overcomplicating it. You don't need to spend that much time. And and that's what I said. It's usually a 
form of procrastination. Yeah. Right. And it's like, let me do this because it's fun. So we use that excuse as well. Oh, it's so much fun to create something from scratch Mm -hmm. instead of let me reuse this. It's going to take me so much less time and it's going to have the same effect. And again, it goes back to that self-trust, right? If I do it this way, that's, what's going to generate that big, crazy thing. And at the end of the day, the simplest, the better. And you know, the most successful companies, and that's really how success works is you find something that works and then you just duplicate it. You Mm -hmm. don't create something completely new. Why would you? Yes. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Like we're on what Apple 14 now or like the iPhone or 13. I know. know, (laughs) That's perfect example. Why would you create something completely different when it's working and people clearly love it? Right. You know, and we're constantly, and, and again, it's that self-trust, it's the comparison, it's the imposter syndrome. And like we said before, it's all in the mindset and people tend to focus on the tangibles of the strategy, mm-hmm. but really this is just the byproduct of you being so, so trusting of yourself and your gifts that you create something simple out of it. People love it. And that's another source of resentment that I've had for, for so long. And I think many of us do kind of like that quote, there's, there are people that are less qualified than you um, doing amazing things out there. And it's because they just went for it. They didn't overcomplicate it. That's really, you know, I mean, anything can be sold. You see all mm-hmm. these ads of Chinese clothing and things that don't even make sense. And you're like, Oh my gosh, right. I'm going to buy this. Right. So anything can be sold. Dirt can be sold. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're or like just, the dog treats that get attached to your phone. So your dog looks at the phone or something like that. I know. It's, <laughs> it's insanity. And again, it's just, and, and something said this when I was talking about confidence, somebody uh, brought this up and I was like, this is genius. I, I need to start using this. A con artist is the most confident person that there yeah. ever is. Because they trust that they are that person. And then by default, everyone believes them. Mm-hmm. That's that's not to say we're supposed to be conning people, but <laughs> right. that's, that's really the gist of, of it all is you believe something so much and you make it simple because that's something else. We like to overcomplicate and create bells and whistles because we yeah. think that's what sells. It's not. People just want point A, point B, give it to me. I don't necessarily need to know the details because I believe in you and it all comes from you believing in yourself and what you're offering. Right. Yeah. Whether you, I, I, I agree not, don't become a con artist, but like mm-hmm. their confidence, their energy, you know, like that's kind of what takes people along the ride, you know? It really is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I saw a quote recently. It was like, and I was oh, just talking about strategy and life and everything. And it was like, you know, business as far as, as it goes, like 95% mindset and 5% strategy. And I'm like, what? Because I'm always like the analytical, you know, yeah. and it's like sometimes I have to put my analytical brain in my pocket, you know, because mm-hmm. then the strategy kind of opens up once you have the mindset in the right it really place. Does. It really does. And again, it's that self-trust. It yeah. opens up so many doors. And that's where you let go also of the resentment thinking that, well, they didn't tell me exactly what I needed to do, or they didn't share their secret, or it worked for them and mm-hmm. it didn't work for me. Um, all of that goes away because it's like just what we said before: it's this or better. It's going to work for yep. me. There is no other way around it. There is no, um, there's no failure really because yeah. I'm testing it out. And that's one of the things that I think people struggle with so much is that they're not willing to test. And entrepreneurship is a huge experiment. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to land until you test it. And people are like, no something else. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. let me go back to the drawing board. And there's no shame in that. And again, it's this whole culture of if you didn't get it done the first time, which is insane. When you think (laughs) school sports, 
nothing happens the first time. Right. Walking, riding a bike. My goodness, nothing happens. You, if you're, that's one of the quotes I've seen. If you don't suck the first time, something's off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's right? so true. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So true. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of my, this is my favorite question and I'm excited to hear your answer, but what is your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? Oh goodness. So I do love the podcast because I just get to rant slash, you know, just talk. Yeah. And share that too. So what, what's the name of it? So everybody um, can hear. It's called the empowered woman podcast. Awesome. It's all about empowerment, but definitely social media. I love creating content and I'm just very present. And one of the things that I do a lot, I, and I understand not everyone is like me, but I'm just, I'm, I, I don't save a post for later. I don't save a picture for later. Again, I've learned that if it's on my mind, it needs to come out and mm -hmm. I can repeat myself later on with better words and if a, a refined version of what it is. And if nobody likes it, nobody comments, nobody sees it because of the algorithm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Learning to not take it personally and just to keep sharing, just to get it out. Because I really believe speaking it or writing it gives you more clarity because you're getting it out of your system, almost, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I just love sharing and, um, improving upon it. Cause for a long time I used to want it to be the best until I got it out. And then that's why I don't really care so much for like writing blogs and stuff. I like the podcast cause it's more spontaneous. And I like posting on social media because after 24 hours, nobody cares anymore anyway. Right. It's true. And that's, that's a whole other story with I'm in the pop process of publishing my first book Ooh. and that has definitely taking a little bit longer because it's like no it this time it does have to be the best possible right. yeah <laughs> so that's that, exciting that's been tricky yes I'm, I am super excited but then you know working with professionals that are going to be sounding boards that are going to proofread that are going to edit that's a whole different story than mm -hmm. a social media post like who cares if you said something and nobody resonated or somebody criticized right or you have a typo or you know <laughs> Yeah, you're just going to do it again. And that's, that's again, another recommendation because I talk so much about repetition and really that's what helps people see it. And so many people have said that when I have my insecurities of, oh my gosh, it's overkill. People are like, no, I love that. I constantly see what you're putting out mm -hmm. because it encourages me and also lets me know what you got going on. Yeah. People don't see stuff. So we need to repeat it. And don't, if you take anything away from this conversation, don't save it for later. I've had clients that are like, I was saving this graphic that I created on Canva for a year. Oh, I was Aww. waiting until I was more successful. And it's like, my friend, the time is now. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, there's a, that kind of analysis paralysis, you know, like that perfectionism, totally. which again, comes back to what you were just talking about, you know, that confidence in yourself. Yeah. So yeah, just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> so speaking of that, um, what do you do or like, how do you get out of your comfort zone to kind of, you know, grow your business? And do you have any tips for the listeners on that? So in general terms, again, I love the Enneagram because it gives you that specific angle that mm -hmm. you, you know, the lens that you tend to use because it, it is a little bit different for everyone. So for me, getting out of my comfort zone is resting essentially mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm always on the go, but for somebody else that tends to be more on the overthinker and, um, introvert spectrum, they, <laughs> they, they're getting out of the comfort zone is what I just said. Don't save something for later. Just do it now. Yeah. Right. So what I would say is what is it that is challenging for you that you see other people doing and they're like, Oh my gosh, I could never do that. But I wish I could. That's, that's what you need to do. <laughs> 
I love that. It's so true. Yeah. So true. Awesome. Well, we're to your favorites. Um, what's your favorite book? Um, so I recently, the most, oh, I, I've uh, listened to a few on, um, audible that I really loved atomic habits was a huge mm-hmm. mind blowing experience. And then I have amazing. Finished, yeah. Because it's pretty long, but I really loved, um, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I am in love with that. Um, even though it's an older, like yeah. it's a little bit of a harder listen slash read <laughs> because it's a little bit more outdated in terms of like, you know, the language and all of that, mm-hmm. but the whole concept of it is really what I've embodied in the last few years of my business, which is give without, with no expectations, with no agenda. And it will come back to you back to what we were saying. If it's meant for you, it'll come like there is no FOMO. It's just you being you in the world, enjoying life and everything good that's meant for you is going to come. (laughs) And that's really the the premise of the whole book. You think, you know, it's such a catchy title just to get you. It's like how win friends. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to trick them. You know, I'm going (laughs) to, create some little gimmicks and tricks. And, and it really isn't, it's just doing what the majority of human beings don't do because we're naturally egocentric. It's taking the time to listen to people, taking the time to, um, go above and beyond to show that you care. And most of us struggle with that because again, we're so concerned with our own reality. And most of us would would not admit that. And to say, no, I'm, I really care about people more than others. And again, Mm -hmm. that that's different for different personality types, but at the end of the day, we, we care about ourselves more than we care about others. So if you intentionally decide that you, and that's part of entrepreneurship, that's Uh really the meaning of entrepreneurship is I'm going to solve a need. That's not, that's no longer my own because I figured it out. Right. For the most part, not perfection, but I know what I need to do. Even if I'm not hundred percent doing it, I I'm on the other side in some capacity. Um, so you should care about these people. And that's something that honestly, I feel like it came later on in my business because we say we care, but to actually mean it, it takes, it takes, it takes a while because you're focusing on making money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in business. There's the pressure of if I'm not getting clients, then why am I doing this? So you right. see every single person as a number and dollar sign. And when you're able to switch that into I'm going to give value and share my gifts no matter what. That's when things start turning around. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I've always, I've heard of that book off and on over the years and I've always meant to read it. So that just gave me a nudge to get it because I've really wanted it. Um, That's really good. Yeah. And I love too that, um, like I was saying, like Bob Proctor, I did his program called The Science of Getting Rich, but it's kind of like, oh, that sounds a little weird. Right. <laughs> and it's like, God, how egocentric am I that I want to like take this? But it's so much deeper. It's not like, and I told my husband that, and he was like, well, you're concentrating on the money. Like rich could be anything, yeah. you know? And I was like, oh my God, you're right. It talks about the universal laws. It, like it's so in depth and amazing. Yeah. It, same thing. It kind of reminded me of that when you were talking about mm-hmm. the Carnegie book, like it, they're so much deeper than those titles, right. but they do catch your attention. So it's it, great marketing. That's the whole point. Exactly. <laughs> that's what marketing is supposed to do. I, and speaking of that, I remember once when I was launching a program, I said, um, one of my titles and one of my posts, the first line was like, Tony Robbins sucks. And people didn't <laughs> even take the time to read everything. They were like, it was great. Cause it's like, well, if you're so frustrated with me and upset that I said this, then it just worked. That's, right. That was my intention. You totally. didn't read through the whole thing. Cause that's not really what I meant, <laughs> but uh, if I caught your attention, then, uh, I really 
accomplish my mission. Yeah. Yeah. You had reactions for sure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite drink? Could be anything. Oh, recently it's been, uh, well, for the longest time, really, it's Dr. Pepper. because we don't have it in Brazil. So I don't know if I share this. I'm from Brazil. I think I I may have, Uh, I'm from Brazil originally, and we actually have different soft drinks uh, down there that you don't have it here, but the main one really is Dr. Pepper. We don't have it down there. And I remember when we would travel up here every time at the airport, I would uh, order my little personal pizza, um, pan pizza. Cause that's, you know, super American Mm -hmm. and Dr. Pepper. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I love it so much. It tastes like it takes, it takes like cough syrup, but in a good way, <laughs> I love it. So that's, that's definitely a favorite still. That's funny. I used to be a Dr. Pepper junkie. Like that's like when I woke up, that's what I had to have. Oh I had like a few during the day. Yeah. Um, I've been clean since 2008, but oh, I gave it up for maybe. Lent one year. <laughs> but yeah, it is definitely like a unique flavor and it is really good. It is. That's awesome. Um, it's funny when you said Brazil, my son is studying all things Brazil right now. And he's learning about like the green anacondas and oh um, we're a soccer family. So we watched like all the Pele movies. Oh, and mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, that's the thing for me. Transitioning into American football is like, what are you people doing? Right. <laughs> I don't understand. And now I actually uh, understand well and, and appreciate American football more because there's so much more action, you know, mm. than soccer it's like back and forth they're running I mean yeah my gosh uh, they're just so conditioned to be running the freaking entire time yeah which is insane uh but I, I've come to appreciate American football after growing up waking up at like 1 a.m to watch the world cup in Japan and stuff like that <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome yeah I love I, I played soccer my entire life but yeah same kind of it's hard to watch it's like, like it is super exciting when you score a goal but I mean you can get a whole 90 minutes without a goal without know? nothing <laughs> yeah like oh just my god Right. Um, all right. This one might be hard for you to answer, but what's your favorite thing to do to relax? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. You, you already know me so well. <laughs> oh man. I think, so one of my favorite things that I also attribute a lot of my growth, um, especially this year was that I, I have a mentor that is, um, certified in RTT. I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, mm-hmm. rapid, rapid transformational therapy. So it's a mode of self-hypnosis. It's kind of similar to NLP and things like okay. that, that you get to listen to somebody guiding you through, um, you know, breathing and specific thoughts and imageries of you imagining yourself in a certain spot and things like that. And that is something that I really love. It's actually recommended, uh, for specific tracks that you listen to it every, every day or every night before you go to sleep for like 28 days straight. Mm. And it's something that I really love. Um, you fall asleep to it. And I find myself going through the day and remembering some of the words um, and that I that I really love. Like some of the words, it's like, you know, you, you get into the shower and you say, I am enough. You get into your car and you say, I am enough. And I just hear those words reverberating in my mind. And it's just such a great way to fall asleep to and also to carry on your day, reminding yourself of these things that we were supposed to be reminding ourselves (laughs) of. And we usually forget. So that's a great way to call myself for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And I love that that's kind of like, you know, reinforcing like the subconscious, you know, which is eventually going to come out through the conscious and, you know, things. I love that. So powerful. Um, What's your favorite thing to watch if you watch anything? We've been, um, pretty obsessed with YouTube these days. Our, um, our cable like antenna thing was off cause we had issues with our, with our, um, with our TV. So we were just <laughs> watching YouTube directly on the TV 
And we've been finding like stand-up comedy and just watching several different clips of like Jim Gaffigan and some other. <laughs> I uh, love him. Oh, he's so amazing. I he it's is. just so funny when he was talking about kids. Like, I think that was one of the times I, I left because I think he has like five, four kids. So I'm like, I understand your reality, sir. <laughs> and I respect everything <laughs> you have to say. Like one of the things that he said was like, it's almost like you're uh, negotiating with terrorists. It's like, I'll give you anything you want to stay in your room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, that's a good way to kind of wind down. Because sometimes you watch like the news or right. some kind of drama series. And it's like, Ugh, I, I feel worse about myself right. when I started this. And then watching some funny stuff. Another show that I really like is the Goldbergs because I, I feel like I'm Beverly in so many ways. Like I'm <laughs> going to be this mom that doesn't want my kids to, to emancipate <laughs> in a way. It's like my, my schmoopy. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but I haven't. Really okay. <laughs> She's hilarious. And it's in the eighties, which is my favorite era of music. Um, I was born in the eighties, but I just love that show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. When I love, you know, when it's about that culture, it's just, you know, I mean, it's nostalgia, obviously, but it's like, I just love shows like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, lastly, where's your favorite place to go? Hmm. Let's see. I don't know if I have necessarily a favorite place. I think going out to eat is fun. Not necessarily with the kids. Cause be more, <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, uh. <laughs> more work than not, but there, um, I don't know if they have locations all over the U S but there's an Italian restaurant, um, here with a couple locations here in Denver that is called Mangiano's and it's Italian. Italian's my, by far my favorite mm. food. And I really love it because they play like Frank Sinatra style music and it's just a whole vibe. Like you yeah. feel like you're in Italy essentially. Um, so I, I really like it and I love the food as well, but it's just, it's the whole vibe. Like I said, so I, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I haven't heard of that. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome. So where can everybody find you online? Oh, and I will say I started your five key elements to marketing. Mm -hmm. Love it. So I'll put that in the podcast notes too. Um, But yeah, if you want to tell everybody and your social media, your podcast, again, I'll put all that in the notes. But yeah, everybody like where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, it's amazing. So you can just look for me all across the board as March of Spurk. um, Or if you look for Empowered Woman, I should pop up Spurk Empowered. I'm, I'm the person <laughs> <It's me. laughs> um, and I have my podcast. Like I said, the empowered woman, I have a Facebook group called the empowered woman community mm. and my website, marchesburg.com. And then you can find more information on my pre master classes on marketing, personal growth and all the good stuff. Awesome. Well, yay. I have loved this conversation. Um, again, sorry. I didn't ask. I kind of veered off topics. Okay. It was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. And I hope the champagne didn't get everywhere. Um, so, because that was a no, loud pop. It, it was a loud pop. I wish I would have taken a video of it. I was, I was <laughs> kind of planning on it and it didn't work out, but I will, I can take a picture of the af- aftermath. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Um, This has, yeah, seriously been such a fun conversation and I'm so glad we were able to connect. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week.